When you're out on the water, you're fishing right where Jesus strolled. When you're 15 feet in a tree stand, you're that much closer to the streets of gold. My sanctuary is a hardwood bottom in the early spring. I got a pine thicket going down in my soul in a muddy river, whirling through my veins. Now the ball of a pack of hounds is like an old-time gospel choir And the sizzle of a catfish is like the burning bush on fire We'll call that gobbler in so close you can count the feathers when he struts I pull out of a hayfield with a truckload full of dust I fight through the briars with a fishing pole just to find my favorite crappie hole Hey everybody, welcome into episode 33 of Justified Pursuit, Cable Smith, alongside my good buddy, co-host, the counselor, Chisholm Cook. How are you doing today? I'm frustrated, Cable. <laughs> very, very frustrated. The pendulum has swung back to the dark side for you. It's just, it's... Uh, <laughs> Remember like two months ago when you were all like, I don't know, maybe you were eating too many lotus flowers or something, but uh, you were, I don't know, it was like a page out of Woodstock 19, what was that, 69 maybe? I am still trying very hard <laughs> to be uh, level-headed uh, and focus on the right things, but man, I mean, when every quote information institution is deliberately lying and manipulating and screwing with the minds of humanity it 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 weighs me down not gonna lie hmm. well i apologize so I blatant was, it's, i apologize it's, i was running late today i'll give you one guess at what i was doing <laughs> uh was it what you texted me about the other day no no i wasn't doing that i was actually trying to take down like a uh 32 ounce tomahawk for lunch that's a hell of a lunch <laughs> all right i know trying sounds like you didn't succeed i did not i uh it's a lot of meat. Was, got a good workout in this morning and then i was eyeing that that tomahawk and like i'm gonna eat that for lunch that was a poor decision henry had to help me finish it but <clears throat> Yeah, speaking of lotus flowers, I just finished a 55-minute Black Swan yoga session from Onnit, and uh, I still want to punch a CNN journalist in the face. <laughs> so, so that helped with your chi there, uh, clearly. Yeah, apparently not. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe but it did. Hey. Maybe that's exactly the kind of uh, <laughs> virtuous masculinity, something like that's supposed to unlock. What do you think? Um, let's go back to me, more me, less you. Uh, what, what do you think about free-range beef versus, like, you know, regular old processed beef. It goes through a slaughterhouse, all that stuff. Free range. You mean like, like grass fed grass yeah. finished beef. Uh -huh. I feel honestly like it tastes better. Yeah. I feel like I can taste the difference between corn finished beef and, uh, gra grass fed and finished beef. One of the things about that, that's kind of a misnomer. All basically all cattle graze on grass the majority of their lives, right? right. The, va the vast majority of their lives. Yeah. What happens is when they get sent to feedlots. slaughter, yeah, feedlots to prepare to be slaughtered, then they get like 30 days of corn, which makes them really fat, mm -hmm. adds a bunch of delicious marbling to the meat. But, um, it, I, I, I think it makes a difference in the flavor. I was just because I've never spent money on like organic free range uh beef and. This company called uh, Mountain Primal sent me some steaks through 
the other show and dude they're they have so much delicious marble it's like if you don't eat the fat from these steaks you need to repent it's that good Ask yeah, apparently. for forgiveness. And they're they're called Mountain Highland cattle, Scottish Scottish Mountain Highland, and which is why I guess they do so well in the mountains of Colorado in the winter. Um, and they don't, you know, they've got these long shaggy coats. But anyway, uh, they're not paying me. Just thought, oh, man, that was a damn good steak. Yeah, like I said, I, I can tell the difference. I feel like they have more. It kind of reminds me of the flavor of elk to some mm-hmm. extent. There's a, I think it's a. Uh, like omega threes that builds up in them from, you know, feeding on grass that mm-hmm. I, I mean, it would make sense to me. I've never done a lot of reading on it or whatever that yeah. if they spend a month getting fat on corn, they're not, their bodies are not made to process corn. That's like simple fact. There's a reason why the corn makes them fat as hell that, you know, that's not healthy, right? They are supposed to carry a certain amount of fat if they're healthy cattle. Anyway, <clears throat> causes inflammation and all kinds of stuff. I, I, I can taste the difference. So, Speaking of inflammation, uh, I told you I started a new mm. process of self-wellness, we'll call it. Yeah. I started going to cryotherapy last week. After, So I play soccer in the men's over 30 you know, league, and we just drink beer after the games on Monday night. So I usually get a massage on Tuesdays just to like maintain – some level of functionality from you've got this bulging disc situation. And my masseuse was like, you should try cryotherapy. And I was like, I think I maybe saw Joe Rogan say he did that once, but I don't know anything else about it. And she starts to tell me about it. So that day I go, it was much like the day that I told you I was really tired. And you're like, you should go get your testosterone levels checked. So like, you know, 30 minutes later I was in the cryo chamber <laughs> and uh, dude, I so I've gone six out of the last seven days, played soccer for the first time, after having done it and got out of bed and i'm not going to say it was like i'm healed it's not going to heal a bulging disc but i noticed way less inflammation i'm shin splints like not painful at all so i know you've been struggling with some is it your shoulder or back that's bothering you right now yes yeah (laughs) well you're 40 so yeah uh but yeah you should definitely find one close to you i recommend it you know it's not cheap um yeah but I look at all the other stupid things that we spend money on as Americans. And like, like I told my wife is she, I was like, it's $199 a month. I can go every day. Though. She's like, $199. I was like, what, what are this other crap that we spend on that doesn't make us healthier? And yeah. yeah. So I don't feel, I feel great about it. Um, take my money, make me feel good. Anyway, you should check that out. Um, I, I want to, I, it's, it's been something that I, I just have, I, I, I hear about it. Like you said, Rogan does talk about it all the time. A buddy of mine who, you know, um, not too far from here started going in Fredericksburg. Uh, he raves about it. I just, you know, it's like always sort of just in and out of my head. I'm like, Oh yeah, I need to do that. And well, then like, I didn't even explain what it is though. I've it's basically look to figure out where they are. You go into a chamber and they use nitrogen to reduce the temperature to, I'm, I think I started like negative 215 degrees and now it's at negative 250 and it's two and a half minutes and you're just staying there. Your head's not exposed. I mean, your head's out of it and the rest of your body just freezes for like two and a half minutes. It's like, I told the guy, I was like, I haven't had this since I was in college and I took an ice bath, but that was against my will. I didn't want to take the ice bath then. Yeah. Um, you might've had something to do with that. Well, is it, but, is uh, it as unbearable? Is it as physically uncomfortable as actually dipping in water no there's a, no i was gonna say there's all. even though it's uh, you know orders fact, of magnitude like, colder same. right right 
Yeah. Yeah. But no. Um, and the guy sits there and talks to you the whole time. So you're just having a conversation The two right. and a half minutes. Cold by. air and cold water are two different things. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you heard about the chick from Las Vegas that uh, froze herself into an ice cube? No. It, yeah. It was probably two years ago, maybe or so. Like kind of right when that this thing was really. She's no longer with us. Yeah, she's no longer with us. I should probably be a little more respectful than to refer to as chick. She uh, she was an employee at one of these places. And after hours, when nobody was there, decided to treat herself to some cryo and did something where uh, I want to say maybe she didn't adjust it right. And so she, her head wasn't high enough out of it. And she breathed in that nitrogen and it knocked her out. And so she fell asleep in the thing and they found her frozen solid. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, okay. You know, there's always someone up for the Darwin award. <laughs> Poor girl. Um, yeah. What's Appreciate on the us, run sheet for today. Now that we've got our own uh, personal lives situated. Um, Kamala Harris. I got to start with this is I'm heading into Memorial day weekend. And you know, you come from, uh, military families, your, your dad, grandfathers, both my grandfathers and both my wife's grandfathers served in three of them served in World War II, one served in Korea. And so while I never served, I'm still proud of that and think that all of those sure. men are awesome. And, and there's a certain level of respect that comes along with just the way that they carried themselves. And I don't know if that's because they're hardened men of war um, or maybe, you know, growing up during the great great depression all probably all of those things but they were frugal and when they spoke no matter which one of them it was you listened and um none of them were killed in in action which is what memorial day is all about but still i, I have that connection and and reading veterans who've actually served who've lost friends for what that holiday means um she said her quote her tweet on friday was like y'all enjoy the long weekend <laughs> like Hey, enjoy your hamburgers and hot dogs, America. And you're, you know, you don't have to go to work on Monday. Go you. Uh, I just, I was actually dumbfounded at how insensitive and calloused and just like off base. How, how stupid can you possibly be? You know, I haven't seen the thing in context, but I've certainly seen plenty of commentary on it. Um, I don't have There's to no see context. context. That's just what she tweeted. There was nothing else she to it. There America? was one sentence. Yeah. She hates America. She hates, I think, most Americans. Um, she's a wannabe communist. And I say wannabe because she's also a power-hungry, uh, you know, uh, undoubtedly, you know, wealthy beneficiary of capitalist systems. Um, she's shrill and obnoxious and doesn't strike me as particularly bright, frankly. Um, nobody likes her. Nobody likes her. There's mm -hmm. a reason why they have kept her hidden literally since she was named the vice presidential candidate with Biden. Do you remember, dude? Like, oh, they ran her out. I got to get Florida. I got to, you know what I have to do? I have to get her. I got to get her laugh on a, uh, a track so I can play it just to make our heads want to explode. Yeah, get one of the ones where she's laughing while she's saying something really solemn and like and sombering and sad. She's she's awful, dude. There's nothing Oh, I can't stand that woman. She's a gift from God because if that's who they're going to run out in 3 years, 
they will absolutely have to cheat to get her to win. I don't care who the Republicans run. Well, she might already terrible. be president by then. She had like one or two percent of the African-American vote at the time she dropped out of the primaries, which she didn't even make it to the Iowa caucuses. Right. She didn't even make it to the first competition because she's terrible because she's notorious for putting mostly black people in jail for like we've talked about truancy and marijuana and then rigging evidence rigging evidence as recently as 2014 man not ancient history seven years ago rigging evidence to keep people in jail she's the worst man the mm. worst i i don't i don't think biden will make it the full four years so it's amazing to me that someone so wildly unpopular will be the president better than 50 percent chance anyway regardless of if she runs in 24 the good thing if she becomes president between now and then is they won't be able to hire her anymore oh i say that they're hiding biden so um but not, not enough totally. because not this is what this is what biden much has as, to say well, hold on, but before we switch off kami kamila um yeah the other, the other thing she's done actually yeah yeah kamila the other thing that's come out of her camp since the memorial day debacle uh is her people are making it clear through uh the uh, democratic uh pr uh, platforms of cnn and nbc that she is not in charge of the border even though we were told she was in charge of the border crisis oh that would explain what, why she what, hasn't been to the border yeah yeah what she's in charge of is figuring out how to fix central america so that they're not flooding through mexico to get here so so there's there's something worth noting. That, that sounds uh, like a job for a smart person. It sounds like her handlers <laughs> wised up and realized this is a disaster and our candidate doesn't have a clue how to fix it and doesn't actually want to fix it anyway because they love having all these people flooding over and supposedly they're handing her book out to them. Um, she doesn't want to come off as though she's actually helped trying to do something about the, the flood of illegal immigration. So instead, they're going to make this uh, feel good story about how she's trying to help the actual people of Central America versus actually doing something about our southern border. I mean, it, it oh, yeah, it's it's perfect, right? It's like, Kamala, the this is ugly, and all she cares about is her political, uh, per, you know, persona versus you know, helping people. So she's just like, uh, no, I, I'm not actually in charge of the but forget about what the president said, I'm not in charge of the border crisis, I'm in charge of talking to people in Central, Central America. Mm. so yeah i'm more concerned with like the drugs and uh sex trafficking and stuff like that that's running rampant through south texas now talk to this guy the other day and i'm going to tape a podcast for the other show with them next week and he has found one dead body three indian passports and i'm talking about from india passports in a brush pile with a load of cash and had that's an nice. underage girl they heard Ooh. screaming she runs out of somewhere with her shirt ripped off and just her bra and this is in, um, I think Demet County is where the guy lived, uh, where his ranch is. And um, yeah, so every kind of perverse crime you can imagine going on right there. And, and no one cares. No one cares. Nobody cares. You don't have a country if you don't have borders, people. Um, all right. Yeah, uh, you're, you, know who, you know who said that? Barack Hussein Obama. Yeah. Well, I agree with him. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's he seemed to at least be have a little more common sense than dude. More people were 
more people were deported in the eight years of the Obama administration than any presidential administration in American history. Yeah. They actually like gave a crap about this issue at that time. And then Trump said what he said when he came down the golden elevator and all of a sudden it was like, Oh, it's racist. And y'all are all, they all just let him come. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Now it's now it's yeah. Um, so back to speaking of Biden and them not letting him be exposed, this is what he had to say this week, which I was like, I couldn't believe it. And we won't ignore what our intelligence agency have determined to be the most lethal terrorist threat to the homeland today. White supremacy is terrorism. I like, like the fact that he's, he called it the most lethal. It's the yeah. most lethal challenge or whatever like, he there's said. There's like guys right. in robes running around lynching people or some shit like i don't understand we have come so far from those days and in i go back to this conversation with my brother who's an uber liberal my youngest one um and he said and this was before the blm thing and we were talking about race relations and he said yeah it's so great because we've come such a long way in this country and it's only getting better and better and better and then we have george floyd and then it's like oh wait no we all hate each other but really do we? No. But I'll tell you what this has done. I was talking to my dad. They came over for uh, for some ribs and stuff on Sunday. Um, and we were talking about it. And I, and, and I think maybe we've mentioned it on, on a show. I don't recall. But if we haven't, we should have. When I walk into a 7-Eleven now and there's a black person, I'm wondering if they're judging me. So the um, and I'm noticing the color. I'm noticing they're black. Where when before that, I I never noticed. Didn't care. Hey man, uh, head nod, whatever. The anti-racist would say that it means that they're winning. That that's exactly how you're supposed to feel because now you feel just like they've always felt. Because they say that every person of color has gone through their entire life feeling that way. That every white person they come across is judging them because of the color of their skin. So this is the tables being turned. We're getting uh, our a dose of our own medicine, I guess. Even though certainly not how I looked at people of color. I grew up do in a place that was the same way when you when you when you walk into a store now. I mean, do you? Yeah, we we talk like we did actually talk about it a couple okay. episodes ago. I mean, yeah, it, it's it is suddenly on the top of mind all the time. You know, I grew up in a place that was actually white people were the minority. Yeah. South Texas, while I was like in high school, there was a, a survey that came out in the Corpus Christi Collar Times that said that, you know, quote, Hispanics had become, you know, 51% of that area's population. Hmm. So, you know, I can tell you definitively, I, I didn't ever pay the least bit of attention to the color of a person's skin. It'd be real hard to do that down there. If that mm -hmm. you, you'd be thinking that way all the damn time. Well, growing up as Christian, I, I feel like that was just something that what like my parents were, did mission work all the time. I did. I traveled a lot doing that kind of stuff. Came across all different cultures, all different color of people, and it it never it never crossed my mind, but now it does, and that's that's ridiculous to be frank. Yeah, the other day I was riding someone with my daughter and I don't even remember exactly how she said it or what even prompted it, but she said something like, you know, how great it would be if we all just uh, ignored our differences and, you know, remembered that we were all people. 
it was like complete. I want to say she just sort of like threw it out there. I, mm. Maybe it was whatever we were listening to. And, you know, first thing I'm thinking is that sounds like MLK. And if a 12 year old is thinking that direction, maybe that's the right way to be thinking versus like, no, we all need to look and see and, you know, pay attention to and judge people to your point by the color of somebody's skin. But I told her, I was like, Riley, we pretty much do. I was like, your school and, and like our church and the, you know, the, the, where we live is actually really, really diverse. We have people literally of all colors from all sorts of places that are in each one of those little ecosystems of ours. And, you know, I see her playing with kids of all colors all the time. And there's never any, it's, you know, it just is what it is. And I, I was like, do you, do you ever feel that y'all aren't just the same? She's like, no. And I was like, right. And neither do me or any of the people that I'm friends with that I know that I come across. This is not reality that's being portrayed to us. Or at least, at least it's not like ubiquitous reality, right? Mm-hmm. None of us have ever denied that racism still exists. It exists in all directions, man. Like, all directions. <laughs> and do you think racism will, will ever go away? Because I don't think it will. Like, I don't, I, I think it's, you know, some people, for whatever reason, well, okay, maybe it's they're indoctrinated it like they're doing our kids right now. Like, how to see, you want to, you want someone to notice someone's skin, teach them at the age of five that they're different from another person. But I don't think it's, I, I just don't think it's ever going to go away. From biblical times to today, look at Palestine. Palestine and Israel right now. Yeah, well, you've made the point several times. If you think it's bad here, go for basically anywhere else and right. see how bad it is. But <laughs> it's better here. People. Yeah, no, I, dude. That doesn't I mean think, that it doesn't, like you said, that doesn't give it a free pass because that's absurd. But there are 7 billion humans in the world, man. There are going to be a percentage of them who are going to judge somebody because they don't look the same. That's hmm. I, I, I have a hard time imagining that you'll get past that. And, you know, there, are, I, but I, I don't, I already, I, I believe right now, if it weren't for the racists in charge of critical race theory, that we would be, dude, it was just four years ago that we had a black president and <clears throat> excuse me, the administration before that we had a black secretary of state and, you know, Every cabinet in my adult lifetime has been full of Hispanic people and all sorts of different people, you know, people, mm. all sorts of different people of color, people of different backgrounds <laughs> to, to pretend like uh, none of that is progress and to be where we are today is super frustrating enough so that I don't even want to talk about it. Let's switch the subject. Yeah. I'm sick of it. Well, I, I did want to say one other thing. Uh, they're, they're, they're losing, in my opinion. Yeah. There is, there has been an awakening in this country about what critical race theory is. There are really intelligent people starting to explain its roots, where it came from. I learned actually recently from a black minister that critical race theory's roots is actually from Harvard Law School. Um. No, no was, surprise there with the super elite intellectuals. Yeah, but it was interesting because it was it's specifically a legal theory. Like I didn't, I had never uh, realized that part. Like I think I've talked some about postmodernism, and it's definitely like born from postmodernism. 
and it's it's born from even further back than that marxism right but it it's a, it's specifically a race-based marxist legal theory about how the legal structure of the united states since its inception is itself racist right anyway um and that, but the point of that means that so like our legislature and our court system and our judicial system and our criminal justice system and our civil justice system all of that has to be discarded because it's all racist to its core that's what these people want this is lawyers at supposedly the premier law school in America, legal professors trying to shit can the whole system. Of course, they don't have a better solution uh, other than defunding the police, which is right. working out really well. So, so well, one other point I wanted to make um, before we move on, which you very bluntly said you don't want to talk about anymore. But I feel like for the for how old is Biden? Seventy eight. Something like that. Seventy eight. Yeah. So the 78 year old man who's clearly suffering from dementia or some other mental capacity where he's just, he doesn't have his fastball. He just doesn't, um, for him to come up with that and just say white supremacy is the biggest threat to the homeland. He didn't come up with that. Somebody told him to say that Chisholm. So that's the problem. Who's telling this man to say this bullshit? Yeah. Well, like I mentioned in my text to you the other day. He says it in that speech or one of the speeches he's given recently where he made that claim. It's the deep state. It's the intelligence community um, that is claiming that. Um, I can't necessarily see the evidence for it, but that's what they're claiming. And um, it's part of why Trump tried to abolish critical race theory within government institutions because it has deeply infected them. Um, you mentioned you wanted to do a whole podcast on the concept of the deep state, but mm -hmm. <clears throat> a few minutes on it. The one mainstay in American governance, uh, other than I, I guess the judiciary where federal court judges, um, and then obviously the Supreme court are life appointments. Uh, the one true mainstay is the bureaucracy and it's the intelligence communities, you know, Dwight Eisenhower back in the, what would have been the fifties, I guess, warned us about the military industrial complex that includes the deep state and the wars that they pick and choose and insist on. And <clears throat> they're the ones with the agenda to, um, yeah, make this into what it is. I, I got into it on Instagram with a guy a while back, foolishly wasted an hour of my life. <laughs> um, You're learning though. Yeah. I mean, this was like back at the end of last year. Long story short, you know, he, he was a Texan guy too, but he was espousing Marxism. And then, and I'm not just saying like, stuff that I heard and thought sounded like Marxism. I mean, like he was actually trying to claim that Marxism was, had committed like less atrocities than, uh, than, than capitalism. And that even those atrocities that it did commit, they're all sort of like hermetically sealed in history and they're not a problem today. And that according, and he said, according to the CIA or whichever branch, he's there's a lot of unmarked Russian graves, mass burial sites that would disagree with that. Yeah. Or like the Uyghurs as we speak, or like, you know, anybody in Korea who doesn't, you know, 
who opens their mouth and says something other than, you know, that, that they would love and worship Kim Jong-un, right? Like it's, look at Venezuela. It's absurd to claim that there aren't people suffering as we speak under Marxism. And it's absurd to claim that it's not a threat to this country right now, but that's what he was claiming was that it's not a threat to this country at all. Um, and that according to intelligence, it's white supremacy that that is. And I, I, I was like, point to an example. Charlottesville. One guy got ran over. That was bad. Right? But mm-hmm. that was a fairly isolated incident. Um, how many people died last year in the name of anti-racism or lost their businesses? <clears throat> More than one. Uh, and there was certainly more than one isolated incident, but whatever. Right. All right. So we'll get it. But we'll do. It's we'll righteous. Do whole... It's righteous to burn, loot, destroy, and murder if you're uh, on the right side of the debate. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll do a deep dive into the deep state on another episode because we've got to get into the Fauci emails, <clears throat> which has been all over the. Well, it hasn't really. Been. It's been all over Instagram on the pages I follow. I was going to mm-hmm. say it's been all over the news, but it hasn't been all over the news, Chisholm. Ironically enough, and this really <laughs> reeks of another email server that was hacked, which that lady had a bunch of bodies buried. Well, this uh, wasn't a hack. This was a FOIA request, dude. Oh. This was, thank God, the American legal system doing its job. But uh, go ahead. FOIA is Freedom of Information Act request. Uh, just somewhat surprising that they would yeah. allow that stuff to be made public. Um. But I, I do think uh, it's funny just the way that, that Trump talked to Fauci and kind of just dismissed him and everything going in and, 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 and Trump's true condescending way. Right. I mean, that's who, that's what he is. He's arrogant. He talks down to people to, to a fault. Um, but his policy was right. And he was it looks like he was spot on with this guy, uh, which in his it, I don't know a lot about the emails. I haven't read them all, but. It seems like from what I understand, there's 3,200 of them. So the dude's a walking contradiction of what he believes and what he's telling the public to do. Yeah. A walking contradiction. He's also walking, uh, just compromise. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, conflict. He's a walking conflict of interest. <clears throat> so you knew something like this was coming. If you've been paying attention for the last about month mm-hmm. because the narrative around COVID around vaccinations and all that was changing specifically the narrative about the possibility of this thing having slipped out of that lab. In right. Wuhan. Which we talked about last episode. I can't right. smell. That's a man made something. When they suddenly decided to acknowledge that if you were, if you were thinking you should have realized something's up, something is about to drop. Some kind of news. They don't just all of a sudden change the narrative across the board. Facebook had been deleting every post or marking every post that referenced the Wuhan lab leak theory for like 15 months. And all of a sudden they announced like last week that they were going to stop. Right. And then all of a sudden this week, bam, here's 3,200 emails. That shit's not a coincidence, man. That is. And, and it's not going to be the end of the road. There's there's more to come behind this. But <clears throat> the first thing I saw about it uh, was an article maybe Tuesday or Wednesday morning uh, 
that uh, you know, in you know, said that all these emails had been released, and that article only spoke about how some of Fauci's friends were emailing him, hoping he was okay and checking in on him because he was spending so much time working, and they kept seeing him on TV. So it was like, you know so-and-so somebody of his who's like i see you on tv every single day starting at 7 a.m and then as late as 9 p.m is like are you getting any sleep thought she's like oh it's 18 hour days right now it's a real grind but uh you know i've got to do it it's my job right and <clears throat> i was like hmm, 3200 emails gets released and this is the most interesting thing that there's people worried about this old man's yeah you know, i think i well-being. saw the headline on cnn about his yeah like his well-being yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. next one i see was a little more interesting, I guess, in that he was vehemently denying because friends were asking him, are you being muzzled by Trump? He was vehemently denying that he was. Which, to his credit, he was also doing publicly throughout all that time, you know, a year ago. Um, Of course, then once we got a new president, now he claims that it's so great to not have, you know, somebody looking over his back and challenging him all the time. I guess he's never, he's never gone so far as to say he couldn't say what he wanted to say, but obviously Trump would contradict him on things like the Wuhan leak or the lab leak. And now even Fauci's changed his mind and even that one. Right. So in mid May, we talked about this last time news breaks that no, I mean, well, the news broke held 10 days ago. Um, from about two weeks prior back in mid-May that he had done an interview at something called the American uh, Fact Checker uh, Festival, or I think it's American Fact Checker Festival put on by PolitiFact. How do you think they would view my application if I applied for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're getting an invite. Um, all of a sudden, he's changing his tune. After saying what he was saying for 14 or 15 months, yeah. Yet there's no new information. The one new piece of information, the, the Wall Street Journal uh, announced that there were three employees of that lab that were went to the hospital with COVID-like sim- symptoms in like early November. Yeah. Even that, if I'm not mistaken, I heard something to that effect a long time ago. Anyway, <clears throat> so, you know, some people tried to sort of dust it under the rug. It's like, oh, well, yeah, it's it's a lot more information. It, all All this past week, all of the major mainstream quote-unquote news outlets have been spinning it how it's basically trump's fault because he made an allegation didn't offer any evidence and so everybody just ran the other way and it's like no it's y'all's fault for just fact checking it false instead of dude i heard this guy make the point like earlier today it's a thousand miles from wuhan to where these bats the cave these bats live in and it's like a few kilometers from the lab to the first recorded case of of COVID. And everybody told us that it's way, way more likely it came from those bats and friggin' impossible that it came from that lab. It's like, mm-hmm. have y'all heard of, what is it? Um, it's not Murphy's China? Law. No, no, Occam's Razor. Occam's Razor says it's whatever the simplest explanation is, it's normally that, right? Right. <clears throat> anyway, so the next thing I hear is, yeah, Trump's Trump didn't muzzle him. So I was like, well, okay, well, that's shocking news that they would bother to, you know, acknowledge that. Although I think that was a Fox article. So even Fox is just reporting on that nonsense instead of, to me, 
the absolute smoking gun. The first email he received about the Wuhan lab leak possibility was in January. Then there's another email when he starts denying that that's the case, where this guy from, uh, I don't remember what the name of the damn organization is, but I mean, if you take five seconds, you'll find it. Some guy from some international nonprofit that has ties to that lab. And if I'm not mistaken, also ties to Pfizer. Mm. So he's yeah. probably a billionaire then, because you know we created oh, 200 sure. new billionaires during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. This guy is thanking him <clears throat> for putting a lid on the Wuhan lab leak theory. Wow. And if I'm not mistaken, that one's got redactions in it. There's emails in there from Mark Zuckerberg offering to help, going on and on and on about how Facebook can help with the messaging and the information, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's this last paragraph and it says, and finally, Dr. Fauci. And then like half the actual email is blacked out. So we have no idea what Zuckerberg was offering in the blacked out part. Um, there's supposed to be an email where he actually specifically mentions Fauci himself, if I'm not mistaken, is the way the email flow went. He's mentioning to somebody at the NIH, he's instructing them to double check that the money that the NIH had been providing to that lab had not gone into gain of function research. He was worried in March, I think it was March of last year, about the possibility, not only that this thing leaked from a lab, but that it may have been the product of gain-of-function research. There's an exchange between him and another guy where they're talking about how the genetic, the genome of this virus has tiny little sections, 0.3% or so. I think that was what it was. Tiny sections in it that appear to not be natural, all in the context of this concept of gain-of-function research. Mm -hmm. and then so those two, genomes are why my sniffer doesn't work anymore. Two effing weeks ago, Rand Paul grills him because, again, none of this was secret. If you, <laughs> if you were a conspiracy theorist, you already knew this crap. Rand Paul grills him on his support for, for gain-of-function research in general, which he denied, yet he's on record definitively stating in 2012 when Barack Obama actually banned it, banned gain-of-function research mm -hmm. and funding for gain-of-function research. He's on record specifically saying how the benefits of gain of function out, outweigh the risks. So there's this smoking friggin' gun email where a year ago he acknowledged that we better double check that none of that money went to gain of function at the Wuhan lab. And they spent, they, all of them, Silicon Valley, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, NBC, the in, everybody but Trump and, and uh, Mike Pompeo basically denied this for a year. And now because those, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that his acknowledgement at that fact checker thing and the total tide turning in the last two weeks about the Wuhan lab leak thing is absolutely because those emails were coming out and they knew that they were. Because it's not like, I mean, a FOIA request, I, I, you know, I've worked for as an attorney for the state of Texas and I've interned at the Senate in D.C. You don't put together a 3,200 email, you know, response to a FOIA request and send it out in seconds. That's a process, right? Mm -hmm. They knew that stuff was coming out. And then what's the coverage been for the last 48 hours? He goes on MSNBC and whatever lady he's talking to there is like, you know, normally when 
a big trove of emails comes out, it's really pretty goes, it goes pretty bad for the person involved, but you just came out looking great here, Dr. Fauci. Cause all they're talking about is oh, how, God. is how his initial take on masks was they don't work. And he was telling personal friends who were getting on airplanes, you don't need to bother putting a mask on. They really don't protect you anyway. They might help keep what he called the gross, gross, uh, uh, gross particles or whatever from, uh, escaping out and infecting someone else, but they're almost definitely not going to protect you from inhaling it in, which we all know he was saying in March of last year, nobody needs to wear a mask. They're not going to help. And we need them for other, right. Then he switches his opinion 180 degrees 20 days later and says, everybody needs to mask no matter what he specifically says in the email that the kind of mask you buy just at the, at a convenience store definitely aren't very, aren't helpful at all. You'll touch them. You'll infect them. You know, people will wear them over and over again, blah, blah, blah. 20 days later, he's like, everybody needs to mask. 20 days ago, or at least a month ago, he was saying you need to double mask even after you'd had a, the freaking vaccine. Right. But along the way, he gets an email from a scientist in China who tells him there are three things that will stop the spread of this virus in their tracks. Social distancing, mask wearing, and hand washing. So y'all make sure to wash your hands. Uh, God, and he actually said, God bless America and God bless China. And Fauci replied and said, yes, our, you know, you all have been great to work with. We certainly appreciate it, blah, blah, blah. You know, so what the left is saying vis-a-vis the media is, oh, see, he was being totally honest. He was honest when he said the mask didn't work because that's what he thought. And then later he found out that they do work. So he told everybody to wear them. Clearly they worked. If you could look at the three massive spikes that we've had over the last 12 months mm-hmm. in places like mm-hmm. California and New York, where they're still wearing masks outside. Yeah. And their kids are still doing virtual learning. Dude, and they, did, they didn't even go to school all year in those places. Those emails are out. They're damning. They prove unequivocally that he knew about some of the worst possibilities here and covered it up. They prove unequivocally that he's changing his tune. The entire media complex is changing their tune because of this email trove and they're still pretending like they don't matter mm-hmm. they're still covering up the important ones only showing the ones that i don't give a shit about the mask thing anymore i want to know about the gain of function research i want to know about the lab they're not talking about that kind of stuff so, you have to listen I- to a podcast or go look it up for yourself and read the freaking 3200 emails to figure out where that stuff is meanwhile in texas Kids are having birthday parties at places like Urban Air. Have you been in one of those? Yeah, we went to one, God, a while back already, dude. Like a jump park. Like I, mm-hmm. I took the kids to one like three weeks ago, and it's all fluorescent in there, black lights, and it's basically like Chuck E. Cheese on steroids. I mean, we mm-hmm. had Chuck E. Cheese when we were kids. This place, if no, there was COVID, awesome. like the, it would be rampant in there if kids were like going to get COVID. Like, dude, I, I was like, this is a disgusting cesspool. I can't believe I'm in here. But that's just because I was desensitized by COVID. I mean, I didn't wear a mask, I was, but I was thinking like the COVID's over, you know, it's like, we went to one of those in New Braunfels and honestly, it, it might've been last fall. It was a while back. Like mm-hmm. it was way before the governor quote, opened the state back up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was limitations on how many people could be in there. And that's what our kids are doing. And in New York like or, or in uh, Toronto, what we talked about Michael Hunter, his kids laying on the floor crying because he can't freaking see his friends because they're in lockdown 15 months later. Yeah, man. Yeah. No, I, I, then the cops are writing tickets for shaking people's hands. I just, I, I, uh, 
I just it all it amazes me they're trying to spin this and cover this up and like pretend he's a like hero. Yeah, and, and continue to prop this man up. It amazes me they're hiding the emails that are the most damning. And then it leaves me wondering like how many Americans legitimately won't know this that you know because they trust CNN. Half. Half. <sighs> Dude and then, and then half even will worse. never know, and another another twenty thirty percent won't ever lift a finger to care. Well, and and how many of those half, if you showed them the email, would like have the Westworld, you know, the Westworld syndrome of of not being able to see it, refusing to see it. Like, I I I know that there are a huge number of Americans who just wouldn't we'll believe just it if you. It if you literally smacked them in the face with it, it's, it's hard not to get really mad about it, man. Um, I'm I'm not so much mad as I am just, it's just depressing. Like we knew this, like there was a reason why Trump, Trump called it the China virus. Like he knew it wasn't, it wasn't, that's the amazing thing. The most powerful man in the country knew it the whole time. No one listened to him. If Fauci, was getting those emails in January. Dude, we, nobody was even talking about this thing in January. Mm-hmm. If Fauci was getting those things in, in January, you know damn good and well, yeah, Trump had real information. Again, Occam's razor, man. Did it come from a thousand miles away in a cave and you know, with no explanation as to who got it first and how it got there? Or did it come from a facility that was known to be playing with that exact virus right there in that city? Occam's Razor tells you clearly which one it is. But I, I'll say this. Why didn't Trump show us? Like, what, I, what, was he somehow muzzled? Did he try? Like, they asked him. I've heard this clip many times. He said he was asked in a press conference, have you seen evidence that supports the idea that it came from this lab? He's like, yes, I have. And he was like, the guy who was asking is like, okay, can you show us? And he's like, no, I can't. Why? Mm-hmm. You're the president of the United States. It's the same as what was the, what was the stuff he was threatening to declassify? <sighs> Some Russia stuff, I think. I don't recall. Like, that's, that's, where, that's where I fall back to the place I was at somewhere around January 7th when I w- had tried to just wash my hands of all this. Mm. Because that'll keep you free from COVID, though. This disinformation campaign campaign took him down, as far as I can tell. And he had the authority to do something about it and didn't. Meaning, like, if he's the one person in America who can just say, I'm declassifying this, screw y'all, bam. And he didn't. Why not? I don't know. I don't either. I don't have the answer to that. It makes me wonder if it's all just a show. Well. Because let me ask you this. What's more profitable for Donald Trump? Winning another election and spending four more years as president or getting to claim till his dying day that he got screwed? Well, I don't, I don't know how, <laughs> how it's affecting his business, right? Like, it seems like winning another election would have been the better way to go. Like, hasn't he kind of been ostracized? No, man. He's in the news every day. I, I, I'm talking about like Maggie a, Haberman from the New York Times claimed this week that he's been telling friends, quote unquote, that he'll be reinstated as president in August. I saw she offered, stuff. She offered zero, zero proof of that. 
She offered zero sources. She offered zero information about how close these people were to Donald Trump. All she did was tweet that shit and every news organization in America picked it up and ran it as a fact because yeah, Maggie that. Haberman tweeted it. I don't even know. That's who the she state is, of journalism. But... Uh, she's just she's a, a quote unquote journalist from the New York Times. That's the state of journalism in this country. You can yeah, you can it's... deny and call people crazy right wing conspiracy theorists, QAnon nut jobs for speculating about the Wuhan lab leak and call it fact check false. That you can just dismiss without any research. Meanwhile, you can make claims about things an ex-president said with zero backing, and that's just accepted as a fact. Yeah, that's I the 1984 upside-down world we live in. So this um, Instagram page called Being Liberal, it's not a huge page, but it has like 150,000 followers, something like that. Uh, this week, they just put out this photo of Biden walking through the cemetery, you know, Memorial Day. And said Biden is the first president in 40 years to ha have a child serve in the military. And I was yeah. like, uh, what about W and the original George Bush? Isn't W his kid? <laughs> like, wasn't and then I'm thinking, wait, George, it's George H. Bush, I think, right? Yeah. George, yeah. He was the president when I was alive. I'm not 40. So, yeah, you can just say whatever you want and just say shit and just put it out there. And it's just facts like, you know, no, uh, W definitely served in the military. So but here, let's suck on Biden's whatever and make stuff up. But, you know, they make stuff up every day or they report on such a little snippet of what actually occurred that it, they just bend it into their own new reality. And it's the new truth. Yeah, well, they claimed that Kamala Harris was the first uh, female on a major party ticket in American history, despite the fact that Sarah Palin beat her to it just a handful of years prior to that, or I guess it was it was twelve years prior to that. And then I think like Walter Mondale maybe had a lady uh, mm. VP candidate with him forty years ago, but no. Kamala was the first female president at the top of a major ticket or, you know, on a major ticket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see what happens here. Certainly a smoking gun for Fauci. I did see that he had a new book coming out and that most of the publishers have pulled that. Um, we'll see. How, we'll see if that sticks. If they keep so I, I saw up, that like he, I saw that on Instagram and I didn't bother to verify it because the account I saw it come from. It was not something I particularly trusted. Where did you see that? Uh, I, well, I saw it on Fox. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah. cool. So you saw an actual yeah. quote. Well, I mean, clearly not an unbiased <laughs> oh, news source, but... Right, yeah. but I mean, it, you know, they're not going to run something that a random, you know, a random bot Instagram page throughout there, right? Like, yeah. Right. So we'll, we'll see. <clears throat> the more they prop him up and tell him how great he is, he, he, he might end up winning the Nobel Peace Prize. You never know. This is the, this is the tip of the iceberg, man. It's yeah. about to... That... that, that trove of emails they're only going to be able to keep a lid on this shit for so long there's something is afoot <clears throat> we'll see how have you noticed out. have you noticed how our buddy uh bill gates has vanished from the face of the earth the scientist guy mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah the, the scientist the scientist guy who's all invested in these vaccines yeah yeah and who predicted one of the, the exactly this type of virus would leak as far back as 2014 and then yeah. invested in these vaccines yeah that guy 
who was also emailing Fauci a year ago about what to do about this. Oh, also in that correspondence, I think it was Fauci said something about how all of the money and resources should be focused on testing and vaccinations. Forget about therapeutics. Forget about all the doctors on the front lines who are doing great work, actually saving people's lives with, you know, combinations of drugs that, you know, helped with inflammation and help people breathe. <clears throat> Just these two things. Yeah, no, Bill is kind of gone. His wife yeah, left him. I did see that filed for divorce. Going through divorce. Which... The divorce proceedings began in 2019 when the news broke that he was pretty buddy buddy with Jeffrey Epstein. I'll put some links to this in the notes when I get to them, but there has been New York Times reports about this. Um, I read, I, I looked at three or four different articles this morning, all about how uh, about this like sudden attack smear job on Bill Gates, and uh, again, like some of it tied to Epstein. <clears throat> There's a uh, oh, it was I think she announced the the news of their divorce broke about a week. After he did the interview where he said that we definitely should not give the vaccine technology to India. And it was like, why not, bro? Don't we need to help? Like you have the magic potion, don't you? Like, and you're the world's biggest humanitarian, right? Big time philanthropist. So like help him out. India is getting hammered by this. No, 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 no. We can't do that. Cannot do that. Why not, Bill? Because well, there's no money and they don't giving have it away. For it. Why the right. hell would we do that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Indian lives aren't as valuable as American lives. Because there's no dollar bills. Dude, I heard a clip on No Agenda just yesterday in yesterday's episode where they played this lady. Do you think this episode is coming off as just a big bitch fest? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not. It, it, it feels like just we're all it feels like we're all over the road for sure. But I don't think we're all over the road, but I think that it's just like it's i don't think we've had one of these lately like last week was just a scatter shooting of what was going on and, and more our lives but yeah this is it, it's not our fault all this shit is in the news now so oh well i mean this is it's not our fault man this is a, a, a close to now a year and a half in the making this is a this is a big deal man yeah. anybody who's not paying attention to it anybody who's i don't feel like america's to... paying attention to it like dude it's a smoking gun that we knew was coming and it, it you know, hoping was going to come. It's here. And now it's like, oh, Fauci, when when should we nominate you for your Nobel Peace Prize? Yeah. What other accolades can we lather on your way, buddy? You've done such a great job. You've told us the truth the whole way through this I, pandemic. I heard this lady, this clip of this lady on No Agenda yesterday. Uh, you know, that's what they do is they, they pull these clips and they play them. Mm. I think it was like a commercial and it was about, I think they had an equity racial component to it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but it was also about like equity and healthcare or something like that. And this, so this lady is like pouring all this emotional stuff out about progress and progressivism, and blah, blah, blah. And she goes, and now after testing this vaccine in Africa, it's available to, Europe and uh, Europe, Canada and, and the United States. It's like, <laughs> and, and she was a black lady, like, like celebrating the fact that they trialed this thing on poor African people so that people in the developed world could then benefit from it. 
I mean, it, like, I, how I, much more racist could you be towards people of poverty in third world countries? I believe God values them just as much as he values you and I. Everybody, please look into the history of not just Bill Gates, but Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation in particular are guilty of testing these things on Africans. But look into the history of pharmaceuticals in general being tested on Africans. Hell, a year ago, there were reporters. There was one guy in France in particular. There were people all across the Western world advocating for testing these vaccines on Africans and the damn virus wasn't affecting Africans. Right. But it had nothing to do with the fact that they take hydroxychloroquine every Sunday. That, that wasn't why. Or ivermectin is what my pH takes. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Are we done on this Fauci thing for today? Yeah. All right. So one last thing, and this is a positive because we're going to end cool. on a high. Yeah, Did you see in, in, let me be very clear. Chisholm and Cable are not anti-gay. We are pro-civil liberty, personal freedom. You do you. That's fine. But did you see our hero? I'm going to call him the hero. I think he might be the best governor in America. Ron DeSantis, on the first day of Gay Pride Month, signed into law that transgendered women may not participate in girls' sports anymore. I did. Um, and now I... I I do think it was a slap in the face as the LGBTQ, RST, whatever community, but it it's it wasn't like if gay people want to, gay people are not transgender. It's a separate thing. So he was targeting transgender athletes, basically cheating their way to the top because that's what you're doing. You're a dude. You're playing with women. You know, and I thought it was awesome. Have you seen Dave Chappelle's bit uh, that he came out with? probably a little over a year ago, a new Netflix special he released where he talked about the, the L's and the B's L's and the B's and the G's and the T's all being in a car together. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's really funny. man. I don't know. I don't remember the bit like, you know, verbatim, but it's basically like how we lump them all together, but they ain't all the same. You know, he's like, you know, you got the, the L she's driving. Right. And, she's looking over at the b thinking why don't you get on pick a side right and then then they're both looking back at the g and they're all looking at the t going what the hell are you even doing (laughs) yeah no uh it was definitely a poke in the eye um but it was also uh defensive women man um i just don't how many uh, women in american society would even comprehend that right now based off of what the media feeds them and uh like he's actually that's a, that's a pro woman bill at the end of the day protects girls and women and you know i, I think on some level you talk about scholarships and stuff like that like those deserve to go to women not to men trading as women so it's an unfair it's, it's, it's yeah. just, it's which, just which is why I still think I could kick a UFC, a woman UFC. If we're, we're going to do that, just eliminate the gender, gendered sports altogether. That, that's the thing. Right. That's what we should start advocating. Okay, listen. You don't want to, to your point, protect... Of course, I mean, dude. <sighs> the party of science. The answer first is of not all, very many, though. First of all, they claim... They wouldn't even realize that that was in favor of them. Uh, apparently. 
or you know maybe they weren't jocks so they just don't give a shit i don't know how that works first of all their position is there's no biological difference in the first place Mm. there's no advantage so forget about the fact that every track record in the state of connecticut is now owned by two transgender boys girls what are kids um every girl's record so they, they start from a ridiculous fallacy and so part of the group that would to your point consider what he did transphobic and bigoted would yeah. say because it's not necessary because there's no difference and then you know the other part that would continue to defend it i assume would probably just weren't athletes and don't care but i think if this is the direction we legitimately want to go what's the point of the distinction in the first place Mm-hmm. I'll say there's no difference. So there doesn't need to be a difference between boys and girls sports. Dude, you so know just make many? it sports, get rid of title nine and yeah. say, Hey, y'all come try out. And if you're good enough, we'll play. There would be like five female athletes in America. Right. I, in all sports combined. Yeah. Maybe, you know, no, even in tennis, men would still destroy them. It's uh, it just, it's reality. So sorry if that offends you. Actually, I'm not. Because I don't care. I don't care. I think that's a good place to, to wrap it up. I don't give a shit about your feelings. Neither does Chisholm. <laughs> Y'all, why don't you dabble? Not you. you guys that are listening to the show already dabble in reality. Um, I wish that most of America would wake up and get unwoke as well. I'll, I'll say I might care a little about your feelings, but the facts don't. I still love you. The facts don't care about you as a person, which is more than I could say for the other side because they hate us. Like literally, they for they're the sure. first two. So anyway, love, 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 love you, Chisholm. Love what you, you guys. What, what do you think the guy who uh, commented on our uh, iTunes feed that uh, just a couple of white guys complaining about things that they can't change? Meh. What I have to say about this one? <laughs> He'd probably say meh. <laughs> Another meh. <laughs> yeah, Double meh. So. Double yeah. meh. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, that's going to do it for episode 33 of Justified Pursuit. For my friend Chisholm Cook, I'm Cable Smith, and we will see you guys next week. The news is lying to you. He's a woman who likes all our pretty songs and likes to sing along and likes to shoot his gun. You don't know what it means. Love someone